I think he claims he's 17 or 18, something like that. Because he was born on leap year day. So he only has a birthday every four years. <laughs> so he's not even 20. So he's like, I'm younger than you, you old bitch. And like, here's how he talks to me. <laughs> All right, Thunkers, welcome back to The Tank this week. We got a special one-on-one interview with my buddy Chase. Uh, He's a real character uh, from the area I live in, central North Carolina. And we kind of just cover uh, a lot on this Mother's Day interview, mostly centering around southern Appalachian life and uh, some crazy stories. Uh, Just to give you an idea, this episode we cover hunting, uh, magic mushroom funeral rituals, the chances of a Appalachian's uh, native surviving in a nuclear-type apocalypse just because of how hardy they are, wild horses, uh, having a relationship with your local farmer, and uh, all sorts of stuff like that. So Chase is just a real interesting character. We're going to have him on again for sure, but uh, this was a funny episode, I thought. It's a good conversation, and he's just got that great southern accent that when you feed him beer, it just starts dripping out so give it a listen let us know what you think and thanks for checking out the thunk tank attention humans this is a thunk tank please insert this podcast directly into your nearest orifice for viewing pleasure okay you ready oh shit (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the thunk tank Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Welcome. Come into our. Come into our Thunk Tank. Luke, don't switch <laughs> to the other peanuts. <laughs> Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Come in the tank. We're thinking, and we're thinking, <laughs> and we're thunked, and we're thunked. Oh my God, I'm probably more beer than man if we go far enough back at this point. Hey, buddy. Welcome. How you, how you doing, John? Good. Welcome to the Thunk Tank. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Oh, I'm, I got long arms, but not That's that what long. the tiny table's for there. Oh, Use the tiny table. Don't be talking about me like that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, everyone, to the Thunk Tank. We got my buddy Chase Westmoreland on, uh, or, or Flea uh, uh, East Sealand, as I like to call him. East Sealand? Sea less. Sorry. Sea less. Sea less? That's no, what less you call Let's see. Yeah. Opposite. Get it. <laughs> Not a good start. All right. <laughs> Who's my buddy Chase coming on? This is part of our Flavors of the South series, we're going to call it, because I just made that up. Oh, um, thank and you, you definitely are a flavorful, flavorful Southerner. And uh, we've already been drinking, as you guys might be able to tell already. <laughs> oh, you being born and raised in uh, been 33 years in North Carolina, you're not going to be a flavorful Southerner without that. Yeah, you need a little bit. Mm. Um. Happy Mother's Day to you, John. Yeah, Happy Mother's Day to you. You beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, recording this on Mother's Day. Do you, is there any like weird Southern Mother's Day things I don't know about, or is it the same? Just flowers, Mother's candy, Day, and Father's take Day out in to general. Lunch? Like, what? <laughs> they're all the same shit, right? You yeah. guys don't like give a, a bucket of trotters to to your mother or something. I mean, uh, <laughs> no. It's like my family. My grandmother was a florist, so on her side, so like. 
everybody is literally nobody gets presents. There's always a exchanging of cards, and then when everybody goes to leave, there's like fifty different flower pots that get arranged and switched between cars, and everybody's taking home flowers and roses from everybody, and like. Nice. Yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, here's a whole bunch of work for you to do and plant and take care of for the next several months. Oh, they're not like the pretty if you cut let roses. This die, you do not love me. Yeah, it's not the pretty <laughs> cut roses you throw out in a week. It's it's when the friend shows up six months later. Where's those flowers I gave you? Oh yeah, so <laughs> something dear ate them. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of flowers at my wedding, we actually did succulents. We had sepervivums and like the um, a lot of those like cacti type succulents, which you no. Know, uh, Guys listening know they're basically it's a cactus. It's really hard to kill. They flower, but they live forever, and they don't flower too often, uh, or yeah, for too like, much. So they're, they're hardy. They're hard to kill. So we we had them instead of flowers because Kara wanted something that would last. And then we gave them away at the end of the night. We're like, yeah, take them home, like as party favors. We had enough for people to take. Was and, it was it a was it a long cactus or was it one of the round? The, was it like? Uh, well, they were pretty. They were smaller, but they kind of looks like an aloe plant. Most of them, but some of them had those so like ball cactuses. Did you get, did you get looks. married in the spring or at Christmas? Summer, like August, August. Because like most of the there's a, you know the Christmas cactus yeah. and then the spring cactus. Oh, they weren't flowered for the wedding. Okay, she just wanted okay. those instead of flowers because she doesn't care about flowers. Gotcha. But because she was like, I don't want something that's going to be dead in a week. Yeah. Uh, and you got to look at weird like you know pre death porn pictures of your flowers. You know, it's like a weird thing to her. And I was like, okay, so what do you want? She's like, cacti. All right. But so we gave those away as party favors, and I know everyone who took them at the end of the night. And ninety percent of the people I've been to, I'm like, "Where's your sepervivum or your your sec- Oh, it's dead. We killed it. Forgot to water it for eight months. Or oh, I was watering it every day, and then I googled, "You're not supposed to," and it's too late. But some of them still have the pots that say Johnny and Kara on it, as like with the dead plant in it that they're just leaving up. I guess as a Is that, monument. They're gonna take your section of the urn ashes and keep a little bit of y'all, so they got someplace to store you. <laughs> I actually decided I want to be composted. So Washington State is passing a law right now. They're trying to pass a law that would make it legal to come. Oops, to compost your loved ones. It's saved. Because right now there's like rules about what you can do with corpses. You can't just bury a loved one in your backyard the same way you're not legally supposed to like bury your dog in your yard within like certain city limits and stuff. So Washington is going to make a change the state law so you can have your loved ones' remains released to you and you can compost them on private land. And that also came out the same week that Denver passed. Uh, magic mushroom legislation legalizing shrooms. So hopefully, since it's oh, west yeah. enough, that one of those two states lines up with the other ones. Because I want it when I die, I want to be composted, and I want magic mushrooms grown out of my compost, and I want my loved ones to trip on me. And I think that would be like a way better pagan death ritual than any sort of like Judeo Christian funeral. That would be the fir- like, yeah, that would. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be like to the most extreme of like a. Uh, Please take a little bit of my energy into you. Yeah. Pass down. But also, like, I want people that I know in my life that have never met each other, who, well, but like, who are important to me to get together and be like, I don't know you, but we're going on this trip together. And we have this anchor point of like ingesting Johnny's energy, like you were saying. So both of those tie together. To my knowledge, besides the ones, uh, the state that's passing that now, the only other way that you can get buried without a coffin, there's uh, some lady, some brilliant biologist, and she actually made these body suits. It's inoculated with like 16 different types of fungi 
that will decompose all of the junk shit that we accumulate mm-hmm. eating all this garbage food and everything that we alcohol I mean, what we're enjoying right now like through our lives like the suit will actually organically decompose everything that's inside of our body it even has that one mushroom that they found that can digest the plastic materials inside uh-huh. of it because all the water and stuff bottled water and stuff we drink with like the amount of microplastic that you have stored up in your it's up small. in the cells yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it even has some of those spore funguses nice in Nice, though. I don't need as much sunscreen. It's reflecting my, some light. Besides what you're talking about, the, to my knowledge, that's the only other way that you can get buried, like, actually out hmm. without being in a coffin is by being in one of those. Yeah. I, I think those, people usually do, like, tree planting zone. That's what I want. I want yeah. to get buried in something like that and then have, like... Cause you know I like I'm an outdoorsman I like to hunt I like to fish I like to spend time out of the you know everything I like I want to give back after I'm gone and I would love to have some like long term uh, nut bearing tree and you could even set up in your me. will instead of giving a bunch of money to some assholes you don't know that well or donating it to a library Thanks, you sir. can uh, you could like endow it and say hey. I'll give the city, you know, the hundred grand, two hundred grand that I have in my savings for this thing. If you guarantee this tree isn't touched for a hundred years, like this nut bearing tree, you have to leave it in this park. Like you get this money, like now, but you can't touch it for how you know what I mean. Get some municipality to sign off on it. Yeah, I don't to want it. it to be available to the city. Well, whatever it is, I mean, you like you me can work I'll, it out. I like to acquire property, and like I'm hoping by the time I die, if I get enough time to like walk this earth. Like I'll have a piece of property that I could like leave into some family because even though I don't have kids myself, I got a lot of nieces and nephews that I love, and I would love to leave them like a joined piece of property that they could do right. recreational activities on whatever. They and need. eat Uncle Chase's nuts. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. That makes sense. But I would love to be buried somewhere <laughs> like that, to where it'd be something that they could actually like they could see the wildlife enjoying this. Th- you know. Reaping the benefits. Of I like, think you're going to see more of those like non-traditional burial stuff with our yeah, generation because right now all the people dying are old and they still like they came up in like this the religious framework where even if you didn't really buy it you still did it. You know the beginnings of people like eh, this kind of well, seems it, hokey that, and bullshit. That goes back to like what we were even talking about earlier, like the development of the city that we are both currently living in. You can Unfor- talk about it. Unfortunately, like, you're not going to be here much longer. You yeah. fucking loser. I'm leaving. That's right. Bum. Uh, but it's like that, you know, the Winston-Salem, like a lot of people don't even know about the city. Like, uh, like the Carolina Panther stadium was proposed to be up inside the stadium. The Charlotte, really? the Charlotte metropolitan airport was proposed to be up here. Cause we had the aerospace industry already here. And it was like the city turned yeah, down. They make a lot of plane parts here. It makes sense to oh, have yeah. the place you fly. Oh, well, there's a lot of manufacturing we, we got, around here. Well, there was already the mini airport that was built by, uh, RJ Reynolds. So they could fly right. in and out all their customers. And the do super all their rich private, airport. Yeah. You know, super secret yeah. rich airport. The nice private guys. It's got all that, you know, fuck you money. Yeah. People don't, just so you guys know, RJ Reynolds is, he just casually mentioned because it's a, it's a ubiquitous name here, uh, is RJ Reynolds City, Tobacco. Yeah. The other name for Winston Salem, North Carolina is Camel City because Camel Cigarettes, uh, Winston's and Salem's and a bunch yep. of, what are the other big brands they have? 
Oh, do they have a Paul Mall? No, that's not they, theirs. They, like, as these smaller guys... Like a quarter like, of the world's cigarettes are from here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, it's here in the next state above us, Virginia, because Marlboro's is the Virginia base. Right. So it's literally like within 120-some miles... <laughs> is most of the world's tobacco. Is and based. money. Like, and money yeah. for it, yeah. So much... Here's I didn't realize how much old right. money is in Winston so here's because tobacco much, has here's been Here's how so much long. fuck you money this guy has. Whenever his kids were graduating high school, they wanted to go to Wake University. R.J. Reynolds? Yeah. Okay. R.J. Reynolds' kids, whenever they were graduating, they wanted to go to Wake University. Now, Wake University actually used to be in Wake County, which was above Raleigh, which is like an hour and 40-some minutes from here. So he had that much, so much money, he was like, mm, I don't want to drive an hour and 45 minutes. So he bought the fucking university. And moved it? And moved it to Winston-Salem. So his kids would go to college besides That's why him. they call it Wake Forest, even though there's nothing named Wake around here except yep. for that school. It's that school he wanted came to from Wake County, North Carolina. And that's why there's nothing in Wake County, because it was built around that school <laughs> that he stole. <laughs> he just, he's like, here's enough money, rip up your shit, yeah, move it. He just build them, build them new buildings, but he's still donating. Like all that stuff down in the innovation corner of downtown. Where they're building that the technological center, they're do, building that bio university down there. Like he's donated like six new buildings to the campus that are all going to be downtown locate, like mm. downtown campus locations. Which I think he's trying to feed more into the, or I think his children are trying to feed more into that school. The arts is already like, yeah, he, it's not a he anymore. At this point, it's an it. Yeah, it's the yeah, entities. It, yeah, it's the it. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, if you guys don't smoke, you might know Reynolds Rap, the tinfoil, same family. <laughs> yeah, I just learned that from some old dude. I, I love old local dudes who come it, into the like, bar. He he was telling me how he's like, yeah, they invented that because the uh, they used to pack cigarettes in in metal and it was too expensive, so they wanted to come up with a cheaper. Uh, product and they're like shit this is aluminum foil we can make this real thin use it for everything and that's where Reynolds Wrap came from which honestly I tend to buy the dollar store stuff but gotta say Reynolds Wrap is premium of aluminum foil out I mean, there it's the good stuff I mean yeah if you got a little bit of that you know like I don't care money you, you spread it mm -hmm. for Reynolds mm -hmm. you, you, it, ironically I never realized that till just now that it's from Reynolds and that's the best foil to use when you're smoking meat which is funny because, of course, it's smoke related. Well, of course, should, they're better for it. You really sh you should try to, as much as you possibly can avoid to cook on aluminum foil, people. Like, which it, side is the bad side again? The all, shiny side or the dull side? All of it. I mean, because like even like so like prior to working for the brewery for years, being a machinist, like the who. That's working for the foothills for the. You just yeah. that was a mumble. I, I'm gonna. I, I just need you to repeat it. I'm gonna call you out. Don't get offended. Just you know. Let me take a sip of beer. Go take a sip right and because yeah. mm -hmm. you said working for the Burmers. I think you said so brewing after, industry before working for in the brewing industry for the last decade. Yeah, I did the actual aerospace companies around here. I worked for a subcontractor building parts for them, and all the aluminum. And d dust gets inside you, man. Like that is a high promoter of Alzheimer's. Yeah. Look at any of the old shop guys and tell me if any of those old shop guys. But can, like, talk I know straight. Or, I, like, I know that's bad. From back I in know, the days. They say the deodorant's bad because you absorb it through your pores, right? 
smoking it is bad. I remember the, the stoners in high school would always oh, yell at you. the tin can shit? Yeah, that stuff's supposed to be real bad for you. So no, smoking bad. out of a tin can would be better than an aluminum yeah, beer can, well, yeah, sorry. which is what you kids would do out. in high school. Yeah. they crush a can and poke holes in the bottom and like because it's a, a scoop shape so you could pour butt in it and people would smoke out of the well, cans. Back, back then, too, they had those fucked up liners on the inside of those cans. Yeah, so the Teflon <laughs> shit. So you're yeah. smoking that so on top of the ripping aluminum. that stuff into your I didn't even realize that. Just blowing brain cells away. Mm. But is it bad for you to cook with it? It, I mean, it's it, uh, the. Uh, it's really to put your store your food in to cover well, it and keep it in the fridge. Like you just need to think of it like uh, like wax paper. Like everything has its cooking temps. Like you mm. don't need to be throwing that something that's wrapped in aluminum foil inside a fucking eight hundred degree grill and leaving and, it for and, eight hours or well, something. Even leaving it for twenty minutes because it's just like that high of a temperature. What if I put it in a smoker at like a, the low hundreds yeah, for well, this, eight that's hours? What I'm Is like, that just you, as bad? Yeah, if you're no, no, because you're not. It's the same as like if you're gonna set parchment paper or wax paper on fire. Like I think parchment's like four twenty five, and like wax is like three fifty or something like that. That sounds that sounds right. Yeah, because it's coated. like even like it's just like aluminum. Like you know, you can go above that four hundred twenty five degree mark, but like you don't need to be throwing that in some six hundred degree plus oven or grill, and think that there's not gonna be. I'm not saying you're going to bake with aluminum. You're going to be retarded tomorrow, people. I mean, I'm just it's saying. It's cumulative. Yeah, I'm just saying like a cumulative. That's how like, these cell signals like, aren't. If the you, Wi-Fi is not good for your gonads long term either, probably. Yeah, it might take yeah. 100 years to melt them, and you're done having kids after the first 40, so yeah, who you cares? Can, but. You can become a diabetic from eating too many bananas because the you know it's like any too much of anything. Is, What's crazy is did you hear about the senior citizens who got sent into Fukushima after the spill? So the no. Fukushima power plant in Japan, they had the reactor meltdown or melt through or whatever it was, and it, the containment cracked and like there was there was radiation leaking. They had to get in there to, for the cleanup and stuff. And this group of senior citizens in Japan mobilized because they were like, with protective gear, the amount of radiation right now, you're gonna get cancer in about ten to twenty years. And they're like, well, we're in our seventies and eighties, so. Not really going to affect us, most likely. Something else is going to kill us first. So these old, crazy old motherfuckers were like, yeah, we don't want the 30-year-old technicians who can like help after we clean up get exposed to this and be dead in 20 years. Yeah. So we'll go in. And this whole brigade of old people went and volunteered for it because like their culture is about that, you know. That, said, that that sense of teamwork. Their but, culture is crazy, man. But just taking into account, you just made me think of that, like tolerances of different things. and Oh, yeah. And radiations and stuff. Because that's what Kara says with our dogs. Because like they they'll eat certain things, or she'll be like, "Well, yeah, that's bad for them because it promotes these cancers." And I'm like, "Well, isn't that bad?" She's like, "Yeah, but it usually takes like ten plus years for those cancers to develop." And like if you get the dogs when they're already a few years old, like four or five years old, and they like eat a piece of food they're not supposed to now and then, it's like, eh. Like, well, that even they were comes, gonna get crazy rampant doggy cancer. It's probably gonna happen anyway. That comes down to you and me too. I mean, well, he's know, already seven know, or eight. You know how I am about like advocating like knowing where your meat comes from like if if you're not an outdoorsman and you don't like doing that like yeah you know contact local farms like know your farmer like go hang out with them go to their farm see how they treat their animals like see if they live good lives like you know if you're gonna buy meat like why are you buying something from the deli section that you have no clue where the hell it came from or like where it was even at yeah you wouldn't buy you wouldn't buy a salad from kfc yeah Exactly. Like you went to KFC you, and got a big giant you can, salad. You wouldn't eat that every you're day. You're going to McDonald's to get your salad every day. Like what That's do you do? That's what you want. 
You want to go? What? Yeah. Uh, you're addicted to McDonald's ranch dressing? Like you just get that shit in the buckets online. You ain't got right. <laughs> yeah. Even if shit. that's what you're you into, go get, get some good shitty salad. Yeah. Get some good fresh local cabbage <laughs> and get the addictive shit on top. <laughs> but I, this is something I actually wanted to ask you about. The podcast is a good spot. I want to. I want to not have to buy meat within a year of moving out to Portland. I'm moving to Portland, Oregon. Official on the podcast announcement. The podcast is heading out west. I don't know if I've said it before. Maybe this is the second or third announcement, but I'm making it again. <laughs> and uh, I plan to, there's a lot, like most of Oregon, or like 40% of the state is public land. There's just so much open federal and state land there. That there's a lot of hunting and there's a lot of meat out there. So I want to get some tags and within a year, not within a, within two years, because within a year I want to start, yeah. within two years I want to not be paying for my meat sources anymore. Just be able to source all so, of it either from like uh, – yeah, from hunting or from like trading other things I'm growing with other hunters and stuff, and well, farmers and stuff. I mean, I, I always, I, I always advocate hunting. I do not advocate trophy hunting or sport. Of course, hunting. no, no. I want meat hunting. I'm I know, not interested I know, in trophy I know, hunting. I know, either. and that's why you know that's why I know I'm glad you, you asked talking to me about this because that's like that's how, like, you know, my woman. Whenever we first started dating, she was super against she was just like you're not killing bambi and no nah, no nah. and i'm like well here's what happens is like if you don't nobody does hunt them the population is we've taken pretty much all their natural predators I was we like, are the, we replaced them yeah we replaced most of them so we have like to down, do that job down here and further south like if further south of here like the the crazy wild hog population that's like coming up through the south that's controlling and aren't they like Russian pig, up. Russian wild boars or something that have infiltrated us? Well, there's a bunch of these rich cocksuckers that thought it would be funny to just bring some of these largest species of fucking in boar the world, right? On the planet that's yeah. still alive, like closest thing to get damn dinosaur pigs and drop them in an area with drop, no predators. That's perfect for out them to there flourish. By yeah. that nuclear spill that happened in Russia, have you watched? You can go and watch the video footage. And they have radioactive bores because the, the the ground is so warm still year round from the meltdown Shit, from the, the heat, all the vegetation the is still growing year round even in the winter. And these bores they got twelve hundred pound. I mean anywhere from six hundred pound to twelve hundred pound radioactive bores just roaming this nuclear wasteland. This hot spot. Because you can't literally. kill boars. That's how tough they are. They're hard I mean, to you kill. Know, they I have, send army I have snipers a, uh, to take them out. I mean, you know, I have a pet pig at the house, and it's just like... How big is your pig again? He's a potbelly pig, miss, right? Uh, he's actually a javelina mixed with a miniature potbelly. Okay. So that's why he still has this tusk. I mean, it, you know... If I'm going to advocate my Second Amendment rights, he's allowed to have his. I'm not going <laughs> to. Right. You're not going to take his away. That's fair. Yeah. That's well, fair. it's just, I mean, you know, shit happens. Like, we have a fenced-in yard, and there's, like, some dogs get crazy when they see him. And it's, like, there's actually, before the backyard was fenced in, there was two times that stray dogs came in the backyard and cornered him when he was on his runner. And... I mean, I feel bad for the stray dogs because Patton is 120 pounds of man meat. He's at his full professional boxing weight right now. <laughs> With tusks, yeah. <laughs> With tusks. <laughs> and you take care of him and feed him well, so he's probably pretty fit, right? Oh, he eats, I mean... Do you take him for walks? 
No, he. I mean, the backyard. He just ruts he, around. Yeah, because walking him, a pig's going to really do what a pig wants to do. He'll, yeah, you, he's, gonna, he's walking he'll, you. You're he'll not stay walking within kind of eyesight, but like to actually get them to just go in a straight line or That's like not, stay beside you. They're too like, smart for that. Well, uh, he is because I just give him so much freedom. Because back when I would do the gardening and the farm, I would just take him and load him up in the car. And within this is how smart it took one season. And not even like within the first two trips, I mean, my nan- my nanny's property is like um, where her house is at, so just like under thirty acres. But like on the back side of the field, which was like several acres from where I was actually had the garden out, he straight away and found her uh, my grandpa's old apple trees that he had planted back there, his crab apples. And after he found it, the I mean the first time he found it, he ate so many. When I finally found them. To try to, I had to pick him up to put him in the car and squeezing his stomach, he just projectile vomited <laughs> against the door window and all down the side of my it into the car or out uh, of the car oh, on the car because his head was facing the car. I already had his butt, I was doing butt first into the car, so oh, he just projectile no. vomited on the door and the window and all down the side Chugs of Chugs the and apple. It, it literally just looked like fast blended applesauce. He like, ate it that quick, <laughs> yeah, big chunks. <laughs> yeah. Now, was it for like fermented at all? Was he fucked up could you could you like smell the was there any booze no, going on because it was early in the season oh, okay. there has been times later in the season like getting into the fall like a uh, later part of the years and he's gotten like he's gotten some fermented stuff and he's out there stumbling yeah. around falling into shit that's really hard because he can't he's not he's so short-legged he can't get into the car on his own so i always have to pick especially him up. if he's wasted oh yeah and, but when he's wasted, it's like, when he's wasted, it's like trying to get me to get drink a glass of water. No, I've, I'll, I've done I'll, that. I will I've, fight you to the like. I don't need your water. Get that H two O horse shit out of my face. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. Just so people, uh, also people know, apples have the sugars that if they don't get picked and they sit out there, wild yeast will ferment them, and you get alcoholic fruit that will fuck up an animal, especially animals that have, like, humans have pretty high tolerance for alcohol amongst the mammals because we make it and, like, actively, it's a sport for us to drink for, like, thousands of years now. Yeah. So we're, we have a pretty high tolerance compared to uh, even, like, chimps and other animals that also actively <laughs> like to party and drink sometimes. Well, pigs but, also really have a terrible tolerance. Like, one of the, some hmm. of the worst in the... Uh, they tried to do that whole like bullshit Kobe, uh, which also Kobe does not get fed beef or does not get do not drink beers every day and get massages. That's not true. That's horseshit. Is that the Wagyu? That no, none of none of those do. Those like, just they, a there's a couple. Gimmick. There's a couple families. There's like maybe two or three families that actually do the beer stuff. But it, it uh, it's you're horseshit. not getting any of that meat. It's going to the same ten restaurants. It really, it's gone it to really for hundreds it of years. I mean, right? think of, like think about seeing the drunk guy at the bar. Does he look healthy? Uh, you say that, but have you ever had foie gras? Because those swans are not... He- those geese are not healthy. But they're not chugging beer. They're chugging wine and fucking cornmeal. Have you seen when? You, have you seen a video of an actual yeah. goose getting gavage where they shove the funnel Dude, in? It's so brutal. And they pour the... I know, but they're pouring... It's basically like red wine mixed with grits. Yeah. <laughs> and they just shove it down there because they know their livers won't be able to handle it, but it won't be able to kill them. It'll just keep getting fattier and fattier. And fattier and so yeah, and maybe like a guy that does CrossFit and drinks too much, maybe he's got a nice fatty liver that would make a good pate. There might be a middle ground there. You're right. The big fat guy who's hooked on McDonald's ranch dressing and also drinks oh, twelve beers a day. A, I thought he's we were not on a, a general meat content of like. Uh, 
Well, yeah, I just picked liver, but you know, it's not necessarily bad just because they're unhealthy. Like beer, beer. I think I'm nicely marbled, and I think that's thanks to the amount of beer I intake. You're nicely marbled, Amos. So. See, see, thank you. But see, I, there's something to that. Fuck. Yeah, we had a question we started with. Oh, I can tell you yeah, one animal. Something about though, about one animal though that you that do that is like like corn fed pigs, like corn fed pigs. You don't want to eat that. The actual. The way pigs digest corn and corn silage, the fat that they produce inside their marbling, whenever it's cooked by flame, produces a carcinogen for us. Uh, and probably most pigs are corn-fed. No. Is that, isn't no, that the majority of feed available? No. Not, no, I mean... What do they feed pigs so, in Iowa? Soy? They grow a, a lot huge, of soy. Yeah, they have a huge... Well, they can eat so much... I mean, they can eat, like, uh, like even out here, like the cotton facilities. Like everybody think that husk that's on the actual cotton. Yeah, that's like ninety eight percent crude carbohydrates. So that mill that comes off from whenever they do it, they can take that and feed that stuff as solids. You can also take that and use that, dry it, and spread it and turn it in as fertilizer too. Hmm. It has multiple. Like, there, there's so many. Like, Fuck! Look up the uses of soybeans, or like or a common ingredient. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're everything. These huge corporations have figured out how to use every single piece of. Yeah, they didn't every pick product. that plant on per on accident. It was on purpose. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is the one we can use all of. Yeah, yeah, and the more uses they found for it, the more guys that were like, hey, let's spend some more money and hire some more smarter people. And figure out how much more money we can make off this bullshit. Yeah, they'll figure out how to make diesel out of it soon, right? But you'll you'll have some doll in the corner made out of fucking soy meal. <laughs> I mean, that's what they did with oil when they figured out how to make oil in early 20th century. They'll, they'll They're like, some, what, what can we make with this? You're probably Here's some jelly you're, for your You're tits. probably about to move somewhere where there's going to be a soy, all soy brewery, bro. We there got, probably we do, is. We know nothing but soy-based beers, bro. I would drink that. There's like 70-something breweries in that town. You like cocktail there's, a little bit There's more definitely going to be like a belly button yeast lint brewery <laughs> only, too. What's that brewery, the one that made the, uh, who was it that did the fucking beard yeast? I don't know. I want to say Dogfish Head, but no, it might not it was, have been. I don't think it was. Dog, it's whoever makes that super high gravity, the super high AVB, the, like the world record AVB beer. Oh, uh, not Brew Dog. There's there's a couple they go back and forth. There's a couple breweries. What do you think of that little game of like who can make the biggest AVB? I think it's I think it's a dumb marketing thing for beer consumers, but I think it's kind of a funny thing to do as a competition, like between breweries, just to like technically and like what you can do, like how much alcohol can you get out of malt. Like just to prove yeah, that you can just, extract more, if just to send like a bottle to another brewery's lab. Like I don't even think it should be drank it drank, but you know, just to send and be like, oh, they beat us. They figure out how to do. Are they doing pure grain or are they adding a lot of them DME, cheat? Yeah, or DME and you know, fucking bullshit. Like if right. you're not it, or I, cheat and do some type of ice distillation or something. Yeah. You know, like it, it, like I've had the like Germany. They do that. I don't, I don't you freeze a keg. That cheating. I don't consider that cheating. It's I, cheating I, if you're saying, "Look at the beer." I, you know, if you're pretending you didn't do it. But to say yeah, I made an ice yeah, distilled yeah, beer, yeah. that's fine. Not claiming it. Yeah, as long as you're open about it. it. 
it's, I think yeah. one in, somewhere in the competition a few years ago, one of the breweries got caught cheating, either adding a bunch of DME or doing some type. They didn't technically freeze it, but they got it like close enough to freezing so the tank separated a little, and then they collected that off. And like it was some shenanigan shit or something. I think I remember reading, but uh, I had an ice box in Germany, and it was fucking awesome. That need it was like to, thirty uh, bucks for a glass. Why do people have that need to see how close they can like skim the line? Because they like, want to win. Of like, is that winning though, or is that like I don't see that as winning. I see that as not having faith in yourself, and like you're just like I've got to do this to win because I don't believe I have the merit to just do it on my own. I don't know if it's if it's that deep. Even it's just the like, what do you get? What what part of winning gets you off? I think we're probably on the same page. The part that like gets you off is the actually winning, like the sense of accomplishment of I did it. And that's most people's and like what you try to like, you know, strive for. There's a lot of people that they it's just the intention. I just wanna if everyone knows I won yeah. and I get that benefit, I don't care how I won. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's like everyone knows I'm a winner and they're telling me all the time that makes me a winner like that's much more important than than me becoming be actually being a winner you know me i always like to play the dumb man in the corner man i, I like to i don't is like, that tough for you i don't like to it is not it's an easy <laughs> role yeah I, see, I, see, I can feel, the shoes have fit my whole life you mm. know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's, but it's, it's like it's why, more fun why, i don't well yeah i don't uh, it's it's a lot easier to uh <clears throat> um I mean that uh, that analogy doesn't really work. I was gonna say it's uh, there's an old analogy about like uh, w- would you rather be would you rather be the warrior that's farming or the farmer that's in the war? And it's like mm. I, I, I you know I always want to be that guy that's like every I'll, I want people to always underestimate me. I want people to always underestimate me constantly because it's like yeah, I mean you don't have the ones that go around and show their cards constantly. It's like. It can't look like your show, but I mean, in some careers, I understand it. When I did sales for the brewery for years, like you, you feel like that person. You're just walking around because anytime you're doing, you sales, have to be. You're selling yourself. If anytime you're doing sales, it doesn't matter what fucking product you have. You're selling yourself first, and then you make your selling your product. If people don't like you, they're not buying your shit. It doesn't yeah, matter even whether, if they want it and need yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's. I'll find better. it somewhere else. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. I had plenty of a restaurant managers and stuff that when i was going out doing sales because you know we pedal sailed we i just drove in i loaded up the van so so yeah this is a, a craft beer podcast just quick give me the overview of you know a paragraph or less your intro into craft beer because that's what you're talking about your earlier days and how did you get into this industry in north carolina which is a pretty dope craft beer state and you kind of got in when it first started exploding so Give me, give me just a uh, like a minute or I two. Did. I got lucky, and that's the only way somebody as stupid as me is gonna get into doing. What so it makes I this do. industry great, though. Yeah, the colorful it characters. It is. It is. You gotta be a colorful character and just be willing to freaking work, man. Don't like. It's it ain't it ain't drinking beer with you, but it's not what we're doing right now. It's not drinking beer, sitting around bullshitting. You gotta fucking put your sweat in. But like I came in, uh, the machining shop crashed. Like whenever the mark housing market and everything crashed, pretty much about the same time, oh eight, oh seven, the machining industry crashed. I got laid off, went back doing some stuff, and it's like I knew some guys that worked in the kitchen at Foothills for our restaurant side, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I think they need help in the brewery," and they like Jamie, our owner, is just like they set up a meeting. I rolled up, sat down. 
him and our old sales director at the time, Scott Smith, sat in with us, and uh, we started bullshitting. And I was just like, oh, yeah, man. I was like, I've driven around all the state. I was like, I know all these areas. Da, da, da. And I like, I'm not scared of working because my family had farms. And in between jobs, I went back to uh, boarding horses and doing stuff like that. Yeah. That's... Went back to shoveling horse shit and drinking beers out behind the barn. Like, <laughs> But then, like, uh, they were just like, you know, I was just, I'm a gung-ho guy. Like, I don't, I'm not scared of work. I'm not scared of sweating. Yeah. Oh, you know, I never will be into the at any industry. That's the most important yeah. thing. And it was just like in the brewery, like if you're scared to sweat, like get the fuck out. Like if you're in an AC brewery, you ain't fucking a brewer. Like whatever. <laughs> that's definitely what you would say down here in the South. Like, cause you have to. <laughs> yeah. Cause eight months out of the year, it's hot in there. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking anywhere from 15 to 30 degrees hotter. Plus with the steam and everything else, you know, it's one hundred. Yeah, the boiler going, it might if be. If it was eighty percent humidity outside, guess what? It's hundred and five inside. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like you get condensation on everything in there that's cold. Like, but uh, just started messing. And the next day, he was like, "Oh, actually, uh, he was like, can you come in and work? Uh, help us out tomorrow?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." I was like, and came in, and it was like keg and or because I met him on Sunday, it was keg and Monday. That we used to do all of our kegging for the entire week on Mondays. Just dump the tanks, run everything down the street. And he just wanted to see if I could drive trucks and do what I said I could do. So I helped him keg, took all the beer down to the warehouse. And he was like, all right. He was like, well, we can start you in like two weeks. So in between that two weeks, I went out partying like crazy. And me and a couple of my buddies went out on a big catfishing trip down on the Yakin River. There were storms up north. We were watching the weather. We knew there were storms mm-hmm. in Virginia. We saw the water rising and stuff, but I was pretty liquored up and feeling pretty uh, <laughs> right, pretty gumptious and stuff. So I decided I was going to try to swim across the river and take a thing. So I got caught up inside of a trout line. Which a what? You, a trout line? Trout line. Yeah. Not a trout line. Yeah, trout line. Trout line. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just... If anybody doesn't know, it's literally just... a. They're actually illegal on that river, uh, and they're illegal on a lot of sections of the river for this reason. It is a heavy, like, masonry cord line that you drag from one side of the bank to the other side of the bank, Mm -hmm. tied to the trees, and have weights on it with hooks on it. And uh, the fish swim by a hook. You come cut one side, drag it all across, and all the fish are lined up on there. So it's an illegal way to like cast a net through the stream because you're gonna catch it's anything a, that it's goes a through. String of a string of hooks. You're like, supposed to just have one hook per person. You can't throw you're out supposed like to twenty. Be actively or fishing it. Right. There's people that canoe, kayak, people that swim. Like in what I case, I got caught up in it. The one it broke loose and then all of it wrapped up around my legs and I started getting washed down river. So, now, if it didn't get loose, would you have just drowned right there? What? Then, oh, I would have made it across if it No, if it got caught on you, but it didn't break loose. Oh, no, because like, the the hooks have weights on them, so they're like several feet down in the water most of the time. Oh, uh, so you people, can't even see it. It's not like it's hanging along the water with no, hooks dangling. It's, it's below the, wa- the water. It's laying inside oh, the water. Oh, fuck that. I would never go in a, I'm never going in a river <laughs> now that I know that might it's be there. It's laying in the river. Yeah, you can't even, unless you see where it's tied off on the bank, you can't even tell that it's fucking there. So... I Jeez. fucking get caught in this, and then as it wraps my legs up, I have a I have a a forty yard section of cords 
that all have all these huge fucking one ounce weights on the end of them. So I start bobbing like a cork. Oh, geez. So I start hitting the bomb. I got hooks wrapped up in me. Went about a quarter mile downriver, bobbing, trying to stay alive. Every time I touch bottom, kicking up. When you say hooks in you, how many hooks? Like big fish, like cartoony J-shaped fish I mean, hooks? You've seen some of my shins, like some of the holes. No, I know what it looks like. This is an audio medium. Oh, okay. I know you're I fucked mean, up. How many hooks, a, you say? A couple dozen? Half dozen? Uh, I had about a dozen in me. A dozen hooks? And yeah. like the J-shape, like finger-shaped sized? No, not J, like... Um, or those anchor-shaped ones. The cat, cat fi- they're, they're, they're catfishing hooks, so they got like a double bend in them, and the end is triple barbed, sharp barbed. <sighs> So like, and they're also heavy gauge. So I mean, because on the river, like we've pulled, we've off me and I've been with my buddies, and we've pulled three over fifty pounds out from underneath that one bridge down there in Lexington. So you need a tough hook for those. Well, yeah, you just don't like, and well, you're also going. You actually got to use. You got to use a lot of wire, like steel wire, because like if you're set hooking or like not set hooking or like trot lining. There's a lot of structure. It's a river. I mean, that mm. 64 bridge, that 64 bridge down there is like two, three stories above the water level. And in the last hundred years, that bridge has been underwater three times. Damn. That's a lot of water. That's how much water goes through the Yakin down there. Yeah. So, so you got caught sh- up in that current. Yeah, and, and it luckily there was a, it, it came it came to a right hand uh, dog leg inside the uh, river, and there was a big tree that was falling over. And when I came up, I got into the limbs, and I stuck every I was biting limbs, clawing up everything I could to get up inside the top of that shit. And then all those weights that weren't hooked in me got hooked in the current and all and they dragged all, the current so you all were the rope started ripping off my body and all the hooks started ripping off my body i had rope burns and hook tear from like head to toe that was through uh that was five days before i started i showed up for day <laughs> one of work with well, coming uh, off of dysentery with three ruptured abdominal muscles, <laughs> pulled back, and literally looked like I had just got went through waterboarding school. Because you did. <laughs> yeah. So so wait, you just grabbed onto the tree, and when the hook started to rip off, what, you dragged yourself to the shore and then walked back? No, I literally climbed up on the limbs and hung there. My buddies that were they all came with looked, me, they were looking they for had you. to drive, they had to cross the bridge and go down into the farmer's field, and they drove down. And they were walking the river, and when they finally found me, they got me up out of the tree. Damn! How long? How long was it from when you started swimming, and and like, for how long was it from when you yeah got in the water to when they found I you? I made. Oh what? Oh I was I I, I, was, I washed the ways down. <laughs> yeah, you told me the story before. That's, what's the time frame? How how long? It's one of those times where you can't. There was times that I was underwater that felt like. But how long were they driving for to get to you? Oh, I mean, it, it that's all like super corn farm land all right beside that. So it's easy farm access pastures to go straight down. But they still had to cut around. Like, but they had, to, they had to go on the other side of the river because the river started dogleging to the... Yeah. To the east or to the west. But was it like five minutes, an hour, hours? Oh, no, not an hour. I mean, a quarter mile down the river. Okay. 
And then they came and they, they pulled you out of the tree, though. You, you, yeah. how, you were bleeding, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of the tree. I was done. I was gassed. Yeah, they, I, bet, I bet. Yeah. They, they got me out. My buddies at the time got me loaded up in the truck and, like, got... And, Please tell me they just threw you in the bed. Oh, uh, no, no, no. It wasn't even... It was, uh, it was Josh's... Uh, uh, what was the... Uh, nine, I think it was a 1995 or a 1996 uh, Jeep, green Jeep Cherokee, four-speed on the floor... 4.0, baby. And they threw and you in like, the backseat bleeding Yeah, everywhere. and the only thing, and to this day, I still cannot drink this beverage. Uh, they had a liter, a cold liter of Lipton pre-made green tea, and I w- had drank so much river water. You had to drink something. I was you so... You needed something to purge that. I was that. so gassed. It gave was, you dysentery. Well, I was just so gassed. I was just so... Oh, yeah. The you drank so much river water, you got dysentery sucks, from people. it. If you're on, this is how people... If, if you don't know to have nurses as friends, <laughs> go to the hospital. Please go to the hospital. <laughs> it is not fun to live through. I'm a walking example of scars and dumb shit to do. So you you drank so much river water, you needed to drink something to purge and well, replace I just, it, I, just, right? I was so thirsty, and I was exhausted. I literally mm. felt like I had played the hardest sport I'd ever played in my entire Survival life. Survival is that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. And I, just, I chugged yeah. so much of that, and as soon as the sickness started in... Purging that, I, I've never been able to touch that shit ever again. But then that was how I started into the beautiful career of uh, Foothills with a whole bunch of <laughs> doing ruptured, sales. Right, ruptured, that's what we started. Ruptured, muscle, ruptured muscles and uh, scars. Well, luckily I didn't have to do sales for a while because he let me heal up and just do some easy work for just help uh, out around. Yeah, for a month or two. Yeah, and then got into that. Got into doing the sales. Sales uh, by accident because I was really just around to help with all the warehousing and start with logistics and moving stuff around and in our inventory. But then one of our sales guys, another good drunk friend of mine, he cut and lacerated his whole armpit wide open, drunk trying to climb into his house one night. So he got fired for just no call, no show because he was fucked up at the hospital. So then I took over his route, our local spot, spent... Five and a half years doing that. Uh, met my beautiful woman doing that. Her dad made awesome food, and she that's wanted how, to, that's she the wanted that's the secret she, to a man's heart through the stomach. She wanted to have. She loved IPA. That's how you so proverb. She, she right? bought a bunch of kegs of hopium, and uh, bam, mm, love <laughs> from yeah. then on out. Drunk love. Drunk love is the best love. I happen to have that myself, sir. Those that drink together great. stay together, sir. It's so true. It is. It is. It is, yeah. There's, I, I brought it up on the podcast before, but there's a link. There's something deep in the human brain about drinking and like partying with people. Well, just camaraderie. Yeah. Just uh, even, camaraderie in general. Like Just having yeah. that with somebody is like, so important to your like sanity. And even in our like super like postmodern whatever overstimulated world, still the idea of like breaking bread with someone, like getting a meal with someone, like it's an intimate thing you're committing to. And uh, I've, I've, this is mo- mo- one of my favorite facts: the words "companion" <laughs> means with bread, somebody that you would break bread with. It was someone you would consider a companion, and like weird little things like that that are kind of embedded the covenant, in a, man. The covenant, yeah, covenant of the friends, yeah. So. Uh, 
There's something about uh, like there's a reason soldiers like to drink together because like there's some there's a reason gorillas eat fermented fruit together and we'll see who can rip bigger trees out of the ground. Well, like, well, it's something about getting yeah, together and yeah. doing dumb shit after a few drinks. Well, it's, it's surviving Part of dumb our, shit too. It's, yeah, that, uh, that, it's good training that, that, for that. Oh uh, yeah, that's a uh, and like you know that, that's why like every species on this planet like we pick and fight as children because it's like you're preparing yourself for real encounters in life and like mm-hmm. real social social and physical, not just fighting but also like that jesting like you know like when the world ends like, with nuclear war like there'll be pockets of people that survive it'll be like places in china and asia you know there's just so many people there'll be people that are resistant uh there'll be people in africa just because that's where we come from you know like genetically it's so diverse but there's going to be a strip of people surviving in appalachia <laughs> that are just impossible to Dude, kill motherfuckers some, like you there's some you're one of my hard to kill friends i call yeah, you yeah and i'm not i i I and you're so like cityified, right? I know so many guys that are way harder to kill than me. That's <laughs> yeah, what's crazy. They think of you as like the softy that lives in the city, dude, like, right? Like, check this. Like, we were literally, uh, uh, literally two weeks ago. My father, my father retired from the machining shop and all this, but he got bored. So now he's working with this grading company doing contract land building and going in and doing slopes and right. stuff. So he's actually up uh, in the western part of our state grading out this whole mountain slope and my dad's my father's about to push 70 people and he freaking rolled the tractor down the damn mountain had a single roll bar above him didn't have the seatbelt on almost 70 years old he went he just reached down clasped the steering wheel and the tractor did two full rolls slamming him into the steering wheel and then the bucket of the tractor caught the called a uh called, talking, sorry. Uh, called the uh keep talking called the uh yeah sorry it's okay let's get up on the mic i want to hear these stories they're good <laughs> so you rolled the tractor held on to well, the wheel two weeks ago i rolled the tractor no seat belt single roll bar rolled it down two full rolls he's 70 on. still not wearing a seat belt he's, he's made 60. it that long and not bothered well he will he will say that he's uh I think he claims he's 17 or 18, something like that. Because he was born on leap year day. So he only has a birthday every four years. <laughs> so he's not even 20. So yet. he's like, I'm younger than you, you old bitch. And he's like, here's how he talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls it in the bucket, catches the fucking tree, throws him out of the seat, and pitches him into the forest just 30 yards before two more rolls, two more full rolls. It was the uh, the hundred and fifty foot drop off the uh, Appalachian Mountains, <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't even go to the hospital. No, he just fucking. He's like, Went laid he's down like for it looks a bit. like someone hit me with a chest with sledgehammers, and I'm like, and uh, what the doctor said. And he was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much me. I don't, I don't go to them either. I get it. I know, but you don't do dumb. No, I'm pretty. You don't yeah. do genetic like. I, and that's when I started talking to Cole, and I was like, "Is is toughness? I mean, we know stupidity, stupidness is genetic. We For know sure. stu- We know we can so, we definitely. can we can show how smart intelligence and non intelligence is genetic. So is toughness? Like, I know there's a level of toughness that can be earned. I think but so. Like, look at those it, uh, giant motherfuckers coming out of like Iceland and Norway and stuff. Yeah, but have you ever Viking seen one blood. of those giant guys? Like one of the videos of them getting a tattoo, and they sit there and squirrel and cry 
Like somebody's well, got their balls well, in their Well, that's because that's not the toughness they evolved with because they're covered in furs and shit. Theirs is taking an axe to the shoulder and still choking They're not. Out. They're not, though. That's they're what I'm saying, though. Guys. It's just, they're just beefcakes. They're just, mm. they, they've just had their, they've been genetically spliced in with a side of oxen and just have all the grunt. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. now, the, now the ones that have all that meat and have the toughness, now those are some scary sons of bitches. I mean, it is more likely that it's an, in, like, it's an, a genetic thing that's bred in because the area we're talking about is kind of a smaller genetic pool, let's say, right? There's areas of Appalachia that where, you know, it's not the most diverse. The toughest guy you're going to meet in the Appalachians is going to be red-haired, freckled, and probably weighs 145 pounds. <laughs> Has just three saying. knives, six guns on him. <laughs> like, he's going to be mean as a fucking rattlesnake. Talk quiet like this and be like, how's your day going, son? Yeah. But just unkillable, one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you but what I'm saying is because like it's a negative thing when you have a closed genetic pool because other problems can arise. But also, you're going to get the toughest out of those possible genes. It's true. Because that's all you have to work with. So you're going to get the tough motherfuckers. Oh, that, I definitely that, think that some crazy that, bastards hiding in the mountains will survive the next world war, for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I used to. I'm sure there'll be some out in the Rockies, but there's going to be a special like breed of North American humans that survive the. I wish I still had my buddy Rick's number. He he used to run. uh, He was the safety coordinator for three different coal mines up in Kentucky. Okay, and he was he was one of my dad's buddies. Or my he was one of my buddy's fathers. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and uh, he was he was crazy. He was a master mechanic. And I remember one of the last times I was here, he's like, yeah, I'm looking at this property. And I was like, oh, where's the house at? And he's like, oh, it ain't a house. He's like, uh, there's a cave up on this side of the mountain. And he's like, I could build out and frame it out and put my house in. And he's like, one way in, one way out. You know? He wants to and live in a That's like how he, yeah. yeah. Oh, this dude has like trunks of guns. And like. I've met some people like that. Real nice, friendly, like He's even some nicest. real liberal mind. I was talking to this guy, like super progressive liberal dude, and then he told me, I was like, we, I did the math, asked him about guns. I was like, you have like 90 guns in your house. And he's like, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool, man. Like, there's a lot of guns in this part of the world. Oh, Rick's, I mean, he's one of the nicest dudes. I've never heard him say a racist thing. And you would look at him and think immediately, yeah. like, holy God, that, that crazy, guy's crazy southern gun nut. He's guy. got some dark stories. Right. Not at all. He just like he you would be like Rick. Why why do you have three hundred guns? And he's like, there's nothing funner than burning powder. You know, it's that's like that's his answer. that's his answer. Like every time, like, ain't nothing funner than burning powder. It is really fun. Anyone that thinks we're crazy listening to this, I've shot guns. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> like it's, it, it's like you're you're throwing a piece of metal with I'm an explosion. Air Force. Yeah, you, you you get to throw metal across a distance with an explosion, and when it hits whatever you're throwing. It at it fucking blows up. It's awesome. Uh, we used to go upstate New York with my buddy's Mosin that he had from uh, like an army surplus thing from World War II, and we would line up these plates of slate because it was just a mountain in the Adirondacks that was a bunch of slate like a slate pile near the waterfall, and we would just stack up the pieces of slate with you put like a piece of a stick in there so there's a space between them. Yeah, exactly. See how many you could put around through, and no, it doesn't matter how many it goes through because it just chips, and the chips fly and make chips, and it just looks so cool. And if you can shoot off a whole clip, 
uh, it gives a whole dust cloud. And we would do these like little tactical runs and stuff and set up slate targets. You got to like run through and take out guys and then drop the rifle and get your little your little twenty two pistol out and then, you know, drain the jugs that we had hanging full of colored liquids and stuff to pop, pop. And it, that shit is fun. Like, it, I'm sure we look like crazy militia people or something, but it's. It's, it wasn't it's, about like it wasn't about that. It was have just you watched fun. any of the videos of like the uh, the fully built and decked out towns where they do the airsoft? Yeah, the airsoft competitions where like stuff like this. Crazy. There's this. I, I wish I could remember his name because I would so give him a shout out right now. Uh, there's there's this lieutenant of this one SWAT team, and I can't remember. I can't even remember what state that he uh, like is active in, but he goes and competes at these. I love watching this guy because he, he actually knows he's how to a clear one space. man. He's a one man army fucking people up with airsoft. And at the same time, it's just fun to get drunk and watch some shit. I'll just like throw it up on the TV and be like, watch it on YouTube on the TV and be like, it's like, it's like when you're real hot and you're watching somebody play a video game yeah. and you're just high enough Who's to really work. good at the game. Yeah, they're really good at the game. Like, really yeah, good at Watching the game. you be really good at it is <laughs> more fun than me just running into the same tree and, and dying. Die. Yeah, over so and over. I'd rather again. let you watch you do it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. It's in that same yeah. mode. It's just like, I'm just like, oh, I can have like two whiskeys and sit here and watch this guy <laughs> for a minute. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I watched some of those too. There's there's this one guy, and I forget his name. He's the something sniper, and he's got like these crazy ghillie suits and stuff for all different terrains. And he he'll sit for like an hour, like right next to the outside their respawn point, and wait till they like all and there's like thirty of the or not thirty, but like ten of them, thirteen of them standing, and he'll just start popping them off one at a time, and it's so great. He'll like hit three quick, and then let them freak out. And be like, Where'd it come from? Where'd it come from? And once they start figuring out and they go the wrong way, he'll let them go for a bit, and then hit a couple like. It, 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 and it's fun to watch because I'm not gonna go sit in the woods in the fucking heat and all those layers for. 10 hours and also i suck anyways i wouldn't be able yeah, to yeah I, I used to, you know, my dad was a cop he was ex-military and he was vice or he was a swat team and like you know he was an officer for years like i participated with a lot of those things with a lot of those guys and just kind of grew up in the family and that shit is not fun but it's also like running a marathon's not fun but like when you fucking right. get done with it and you succeed at it, like then it's fun. Like that little enjoyment of like, yeah, boop. Fuck. No one likes going had, to the gym. I, Everyone I had, likes that goes to the gym likes leaving the gym when they're done and feeling good about having gone. Well, I mean, there's ones that like to go to the gym, but they're yeah, usually they're they're, they're they're usually there just for the shower time. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I I go to the gym sometimes. And it's going sucks. It's when you leave after being there for two hours and you're like, I feel good now. I did something. Like, you I didn't enjoy the time in there, but like, I feel better because I enjoy, you enjoy the results from it. It's yeah. Like that. Yeah. You work out whenever you're hangover, hungover? Hangover. Oh, I'm hangover. Hanging out with Swedish friends. They always be like, we too hangover to. <laughs> no, I, I, I tend to uh, just kind of vegetate when I'm hungover. I really only get hungover like once a year at the most. Uh, I, I, it's really hard for me to get hung over, but that's because like even once I'm in crazy party mode, I won't just keep drinking shots and stuff. I'll switch to beer and, and I'll drink beers yeah, all night so until I can't good, talk. You're good but, at wrangling it in. Yeah, I wrangle it in at the end. Yeah. So I, I even if I black out, I usually I, I don't feel too bad the next day. I just need Not to sleep it of off. Not drunk suits people. I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only bring it up because. I, <laughs> 
But I would say you're better at partying than me overall. I've had a lot of practice at it. <laughs> I've had a lot of practice. Um, I mean, I've been, I've been, uh, uh, let's see. I mean, before I could drive, so I mean, I guess fifteen. I guess fifteen was when I moved into that frat house with all those guys, and the guy, the guy that rented out the basement downstairs, yeah. uh, he was like forty some years old, and we caught him one time trying to bring a bunch of hookers in because he was this big, gross, fat motherfucker. I mean, just a true slob of a person. He's trying to bring a bunch of hookers in for himself. Yeah, he was trying to bring okay. hookers in for himself. But the house that we were at was one of one of the guys that lived there. It was his parents' house, and we, and he was like, "No hookers, man." The, no, no, no. He, we knew that the mom would kick him out if we found out that we knew hookers. So he was like forty four. So we were all from the age of. 13 to 19 and had a guy that would just go buy us booze. So why? Yeah. Anytime we wanted it. It was pretty dope. Well, I knew black. I understood blackmail at a very young, (laughs) very young age. Gotcha. Like we're not going to tell on you. It's not blackmail. It's quid pro quo, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, Hey, let's let's barter. Blackmail is you extorting. This is, you get something. I get something. Yeah. You have a cool place to bring your hookers to. That's cheap and affordable. And you hook us up with beers and shit. Yeah, We're not going to say anything about your hookers, nor are we going to say anything about this list of alcohol that you should leave by the front door. Right. And you won't say anything about either. Yeah. I mean, Sorry, I feel John knows. I I feel like we've covered already like nine different subjects and not finished a single one of them. No, that's that's fine. I mean, that's what part twos are for, you know. Well, you know, I'm fucking scatterbrain. I can't. Uh, yeah, no, this uh, this is what you want. One thing leads to another thing, and then another story leads to another story. No one, no one wants to hear you talk about the same story for an hour. They want a bunch of different things, you know. So this yeah, is. Yeah, you were asking me something about gardening, and I actually really wanted to address it. Oh yeah, it was and, a while ago. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, you know that's like one of my passions. Like, uh, I, I mean, like I did so say much. early on that I don't want to pay for meat anymore. Oh, and, that, and yeah. since Oregon, kind of everything grows there, and something grows all so, of the year because they don't really have a I winter; remember, they get a rainy season. Yeah, so you can grow anything at some. You know what I mean? You can always be growing something, whereas you can't in a lot of places in North America. There, there's always like there's a downtime a, or a wintering. Um, I always suggest people to look up uh, no-till, no-tilling practices. Um, it usually takes three years to build up. Like, you know, there's something like a house you're going to be in for a while. But it's like the for a garden-wise, like that, those no-till practices are really good for the ecosystem as far as going naturally organic where you're dumping compost and straw bales in there, turning the soil up only twice a year. And then you get to the point where it's built up to where you just never turn it up at all. And you plant, and it's actually like it's also more weed free too because of all the compost on there, and you adding straw every year. And you're not like but you're not like, like trying to strip it of all everything it has. The well, way you're trying. Well, you're, you're trying is, so. to get to where you're not adding commercial fertilizers, right? Well, That's I got what, dogs. Can they, I just yeah. use that? Well, they're only good for a few things. <laughs> so is dog shit not good fertilizer? Uh, I mean, depends on what you feed your dogs, man. <laughs> yeah, I, they eat pretty healthy. They eat a. Uh, uh, but uh, no, gra- no grain. It's sweet potato and fish. It's yeah. the food that we feed them. because so, our be- pit is delicate and has allergies. If you give him any poultry, he breaks out. So I he bet gets they got beautiful poops. Then I bet they got beautiful. They poops. do. Usually they're pretty uh, manageable. Beautiful the, the, poops. Can I actually compost the, that? Is that good quality poop? Then uh, I have never researched that. Hmm, I ever. imagine you can't. 
Because I don't know anybody that actually will <laughs> house or gather large quantities of dog shit. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. But the meat part of the... Oh, yeah. I mean, Sorry. vegetables are cut the easy off. part. I mean, it's easy to go do the... No, you're not cutting me off. Uh, I do. Yeah, I, I did take the, that fermentation the, class the, last week. That's one thing I've been that, wanting that to was, get more into. That was awesome. The guy who wrote The Art of Fermentation and Wild Fermentation, uh, he's like just a ferment guy for like the last 30 years. And I mean, in that world, he's big. And I got to do like a three-hour workshop with him out at a great brewery, uh, Fonta Flora. We got to... They showed us the kvass that they use for their their the rye they use for their kvass beer, and the baker uh-huh. was there telling us about how he like bakes it kind of specifically to make beer with, because uh, like the proteins or whatever of that particular bread, and we got to like break it up and taste it, and we got to see their cool ships that they have out there, which are these big open tanks that you let the beer sit and cool overnight. You let wild microbes settle in it, which is how you make lambic, Belgian lambics and stuff like those that wild. funk so, in the air to settle yeah, in. Yeah, and they, they did one last year, and then they have to re they anybody have to move fart the cool in this shit. room? Anybody fart in the room? Just a little. It's outside. It's, in, it's on the oh, grass. so you can just like crop dust it. And the first one they did on the grass... Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't full when I was there. They were getting ready to move it inside this like sh- stone shell of an old farmhouse with no roof on it. Tank, of course I, know, I did. I know you. But uh, like they're gonna move it there, and I was like, "What do you do? Do you have to prepare it, or do you sanitize it?" Or this? He's like, "Nah, you just fill it up with beer and leave it overnight." I'm like, "That's so crazy to to, do, to put all that work into beer and do that." But the, the guy Sandor Katz, he's the writer who wrote that book. Really cool dude, and he really got me into the idea of ferments like fermented foods. I don't really eat bread because it makes me feel like shit, but I think that's because yeah, of the bread can, I there's buy. A bun- there's so I many just start easy making ones. Bread. Like if you if you find a if you find a good garlic farmer at your local farmers market? Yeah. Like if you find a good local garlic source that hasn't been <coughs> pardon me. Yeah, it hasn't been dried out or like isn't re-sprouting inside Fresh. of its husk. Yeah, like Fresh good. Garlic. It's like it has all of its natural micro like active bacteria, like air all what we're talking about. Like all your active Pick stuff. that day, not washed. Here you go. Yeah. It will yeah. not even just like pick that week, you know, just like good fresh bulb of garlic like you take that and bust that out and dehusk it and just take all that garlic fill a mason drawer about 50 to 70 percent full uh the mason drawer full of that fresh garlic that's already been dehusked and then go to your local honey purveyor and get a big thing of unpasteurized honey and pour it in there Within a couple of days, use a pH strip or a monitor and check the pH. If the pH is rising, add a splash of apple cider vinegar to that to drop it back down into the safe zone and just give to the lid on it, give it a couple of shakes. Within the first three days, the honey will literally go to liquid like water. From the garlic, it pulls the liquid out yeah, of the garlic. Yeah, because the uh, the micro the uh, the activation, like you know, like and the yeast once once yeah, honey gets well, a certain amount of liquid, the yeast can take off and eat. Yeah, yeah, it, right, yeah. And it just and it just activates the garlic, so you can let that stuff roll indefinitely as long as just like every so often, just check the pH and make sure it's not swinging way around out of balance, and you're not gonna get something funky in there. But like, usually, that stuff once it starts getting planed out. Because then you can take garlic from it and just add new garlic. Mm, it's like a garlic starter. Cycle it. Yeah, it's a little recycler. Yeah. It's like your little, little, and that stuff, man, you you ever feel a cold or something like that? Come on. Take one of those clothes of like after about six months 
And really, after about three months, it's good to eat. You can just take the clove out and just take that clove and just munch it. Mm. And like, or crush it up and put it on something. But it's like, and it's also like, God, it's, it's A, it's delicious. But B, like the actual whatever the smart people will tell you that like the chemical compositions. It's good for you. Yeah, it's amazing for your body. Yeah. This is that it'll, not, it'll knock a cold out like that. If you got a sore throat, you eat one of those cloves and go to bed. You're waking up and your throat's not sore anymore. Like it's amazing. So, but you need that good raw honey with wild yeast and like microbes in it. From well, you're the really getting it you from the. You're really getting your bacteria and yeast from your garlic. You want to get good local farm garlic. And you but I can't make just sure. use that made in China like fake honey stuff you buy at the supermarket, right? It's got to be can. real honey. You can't. Oh. No, you can't because you really want. It's the, just the a key, food the source. Key you're, the want, you're really wanting that local dirt, the, any whatever the garlic uh, has from it. If you can get you the really, honey from the same area it, as the garlic, it's even it'll better. Work better. Yeah, it's that even makes better. sense. Yeah, it's even better. Yeah, but then you're also sticking and true to your area, like right. as far as like Making and that whole stuff yeah. about like. Honey, helping you with things like it—it's so mild, man. It's like, like the honey is delicious, and there's things about it that are like good for your body. But as far as like it, just like, oh, eat a spoonful of local honey, and you're not gonna have allergies like down here, like yeah. where we're at. That's bullshit. Yeah, it's horseshit. Like, yeah, it's, it's not gonna. Like, you gotta eat like you gotta be like dosing every day with like collected pollen the like when they put the scrapers you ever seen that stuff the actual scrapers that they put in and it, it scrapes as the bees come in entering the hive mm-hmm. it drags across and it's like a little it's, it's like a, a brush almost well, anybody anybody that uh smokes medical will understand it's like a little keef jar like it just yeah. like just scrapes off the bottom of the bellies of the bees and all the pollen drops down in this little trough and then they take that and then they dry that and then it rolls and it look, it look, it does it, it turns into like little beads almost like when it dries because like how it sticks yeah, together. Yeah, you can buy the little pollen beads. Yeah, People yeah, sell it. yeah, yeah. And it, it's that supposed stuff, to be good for you. Yeah, that stuff has more. That stuff. Process. Yeah, that stuff has more benefit than the honey than the actual honey. Yeah, I've heard that. Honey's fucking sugar, man. That's why we use it's it for just fermentation. Sugar. Yeah, it's ninety five percent fermentable. Yeah, that's why we use it for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not. It's already went through the process. Like the good shit's mostly gone, man. It ain't nothing there. Right. Yeah. You need to get those pollen particles if you're going to want that. But yeah, yeah, I'm all about like the natural ferment. Like, I didn't realize how easy it was to make sauerkraut. I, I can't believe I paid 80 bucks for a workshop Kimchi. to show me. But we took a head of good local cabbage that was like grown and like rinsed quickly, you know, just rinsed off. But yeah. You could still see dirt on it. Like it wasn't cleaned with anything. So it's just like good, fresh lettuce, a head of cabbage. You chopped it. You crushed it in a bucket, like just crush it open to get all the juice out, yeah, yeah. and you salt it as you crush it, and that was it. And you put it in jars, and I was like, I don't know, if this is gonna work. The crocs, three days. Did you get the cro- the clay crocs? Did you get those? No, those we just did the glass ones? mason jars. But okay. I opened my jar because it was to take. You get to take some home, so I took some home in a mason jar, and I I opened it after twenty four hours, and it shot this stinky sour juice everywhere. And then I closed it and I gassed it off for the next few days. And after about four days, I checked the pH and it was between like four and five, which I think 4.6 is where it's considered like safe, like yeah, yeah. E. coli and botulism and all the things that kill humans on yeah, raw vegetables yeah, yeah. and recalls we get doesn't happen. It's like, oh yeah, this is the safest way to eat a vegetable, really. You have no way to check otherwise. Yeah, all those people that were getting that. that shit from, uh, what was it, the uh, 
iceberg lettuce or romaine lettuce. It was something. That, ha- that happened like the past- romaine hearts. Yeah, yeah, romaine hearts. And then everybody people was getting sick from all the shit that was flowing down from the farm fields mm-hmm. inside of it and yeah. stuff. Because it was just they cleaned it and then it got shit on it. So that goes back to what we were uh, talking about. Like, when you want to talk about like getting into like not paying for your meat. Like, I don't ever suggest somebody to not pay for the meat. Like, if well, I want to get chickens. I can tell you. I can still. I can. You know who I? I, You know, I'm dumb, tough idiot. Like, I don't like. There doesn't bother me like, and I still, man, when I when I pull the trigger on a deer, I have that moment of where I'm tearing up and I'm sad. But I like, it, it's also part of the process. Like, it, right. it's like it's it's, 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 it's it's either that there yeah. was a video I was watching um, just the other month of like uh, one of the bridges out near Raleigh. Excuse me, people. Um, bridges near Raleigh, and uh, there was a family of six deer that came up on the bridge while there was no traffic. They were trying to cross the bridge, and then cars started coming from the other side. All six of the deer ran to the other side and leaped off the side over the railing, trying to escape. It was, 30, it was a thirty-some foot, thirty-some foot drop down to an interstate below it. They all fell to their death and then caused an accident. Like it's like we don't have any of the predators for this. So I do advocate, like if you are, if you're okay with hunting, like, and, hunt. like it is. And a I, great, I get it. Like I'm not, if you're hunting for food. It's wonderful. If you are not okay with hunting, then find a farmer, find a farmer that is doing it right. And taking care of the animals and not fucking up our lands is not got waste running off into his crops and selling you shit covered foods. Like find that farmer, because that guy, I'm telling you, when you find him, like you know me when I get in my conversations about when I have my gardens going and mm-hmm. when I'm doing stuff. It's like you find that one that's passionate about that. It's whatever you're it's equally as whatever you're passionate about. Like he loves what he's doing. He's gonna do his best to bring you the best possible quality stuff and that's what's going to keep you in better shape healthier and and eating tasty it's so much better man i like good grass-fed beef Mm -hmm. bob the guy guy that i get my beef from uh, he does bob uh, the beef guy yes and it is bob the beef guy and he's amazing he's up in the mountains and uh he rotates his cattle's he rotates. He only he does only less than 120 head of cattle. Small farm. That's it. You know he only sells about a third of his cattle's a year. So and his calves. He's he, a lot of people pay high dollar for his calves. He's more of a calf farm because all these big production people pay him a lot of money for calves because they're good. They're yeah, always good. they're top notch cows. Uh, but he has none of his cows can even drink from above ground water. They're, all the creeks and streams are fenced off uh, 10 yards from the shoreline, and none of their runoff is direct. They can't poop, pee, or anything directly in this thing. And it's, it's all separate. Far, yeah, and he bought, had to bought all... He got in this like water program back in, like I think it was late 80s, early 90s, whenever they moved down here, got that property, and the city or the state came in and drilled out wells they marked out. They gridded out all the fencing, so he's rotating the cows every two every two and a half days. The cows go into a new pasture. Each pasture has an uphill and a lower hill well that is drawn, drilled, drawn, drilled out 
the cows walk up and just hit their nose to these big blue balls and the side troughs fill up with underground water that has no runoff, like uncontaminated. To, yeah, just Low, clean yeah. water. So they don't even they don't even drink anything that comes in contact with any of their urine or feces. Or anything. Yeah, yeah. He's up on the mountain. Like, they drink it better water than a lot of humans. Yeah, yeah. Like they're drinking yeah. the they're drinking the same thing that like the humans have for their well water. Like right. the the house next door is tapping into the end of the his rights and like yeah and like getting that for their house their drink their water right and these cows like, so his, that's got to make good meat oh man with the the well, also just eating nothing but that grass like switching those pastures and his grass constantly and then eating nothing untainted water like the fat caps on his cow like there is there's no there's no white fat in his beef like it's yellow it's yellow like wild game. Like it has a yellowish tinge because yeah. they're they're that, wild. Basically, they're yeah, moving. They're yeah. always moving, and they're yeah. always eating fresh and healthy. It is, and it. How much more does that cost than buying your meat from a supermarket? How many times more? No, nothing. So a couple of like, times, like even if it's twice as much, it's still worth it, right? Oh no! Well, like uh, the last time I got a half a cow from uh, me and a guy split a cow. And I got half a cow, and with my definitely but- the first time that's been said on this podcast, <laughs> we split a cow. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so we split it because we just didn't like uh, it. You know, me and uh, you know, we're just me and my woman, and it was just him and his woman. So we didn't need a whole cow. Yeah, that's uh, so How much we, meat we split that? it. So we split it. So you usually get about. Um, Anywhere from a fifty to sixty percent return on uh, a cow, which is uh, when you take away the bones and the hide and the organs, that's what a rough meat estimate you're going. So if you have a twelve hundred pound cow, you're going to get at least fifty percent of that in actual like fully processed meat. So you got three hundred pounds of meat. Yeah, roughly. <laughs> that's a lot of meat. Roughly, I got. I think I came out. I think it came out just under. What do you do? You store that in like freezers and stuff. You have. Oh yeah, like that little pussy freezer that you have in there for your beer. Yeah, I got. I got an old school stand up that my uh, my dad's mother gave me that has the refrigerator, the Freon lines that run underneath each shelf. Oh yeah, those are dangerous. They outlawed those for a reason. God, they're badass. If you bend one of those and they start leaking Freon, it might kill you when you open the fridge next. I know what it can do. But you're right; it is great for heat exchanging. You can't beat it. You want something frozen solid? If I have a clear rack, I can stick. (laughs) I I remember like when I came home, your risk for coolant leak is insanely high, like exponentially higher than a modern one. But who fucking cares? I would would love to. It's one. so cold. Like I could put a live person in there and they'd be dead. And they'd be <laughs> ice in minutes. In minutes. Good good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Don't fuck up, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I want to start doing that. Like I, I know that one's not that big, but you know, I'll get more. Um Oh no, that one's beautiful you have up there. That's I feel like I could, my, I could fit most of an elk in that, right? Yeah, that's, oh no. So my stand up, my stand up's bigger than your laydown. Yeah, and that half a cow filled out all of my center shelves, Every, top to bottom, filled it out. How much meat you get from an elk or a deer? Well, an elk. Uh, it, so if you get like, say you get like a, 
I mean, uh, let's see if you get a cow tag. All right, a cow tag, you're gonna get anywhere from five to eight hundred pound animal. So expect a fifty percent return on that. So if you get a six hundred and fifty pound animal, you're gonna get about three hundred pounds, three hundred twenty five pounds in meat. Yeah, right. Total. That's if you can get the whole animal out your butt. Like that's also if you can get the whole animal out. So many people are in there hunting and they can only quarter the animal out where they only take they take the shoulders out. They take they, the best they, cuts they dehide it. They dehide they dehide the center. They split the hide straight across the middle and you dehide it back and then you cut the shoulders off and then you dehide it down and cut the hams off. And then you would take all the choice cut meats from the center of the carcass and from the neck. And then you would wrap those in the hides that you took off, roll them up, and then you fold the two legs up with that stuff in between in the hides. And then you would put that on a horse or a mule or something like that and backpack that out. Or an ATV or something. Yeah, some of those places you can't get ATVs to, man. Oh, well, I'm sure you up in Oregon, uh, yeah, in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's really fun. it's like you get when you right. get into elk when you get into good elk country, it's literally. Um, animal access, animal or foot access only. Like you need yeah. to. I'm I'm fine with that. You're I'm gonna down to be, take. You're I'm gonna down be to take a horseback few weeks. or mule. Yeah, or you're gonna be backpacking in. Like I want to take uh, a few weeks out of every year to source my meat because I I feel like that's worth it. Because otherwise you're gonna work a few weeks out of the year to pay to buy yeah, it from like, somebody. Yeah. And I'd rather just go get it from some a get, source that I can go to. You get a prom bull. You get a prom bull, and that's that's a twelve hundred pound animal or eleven hundred yeah. pound. That's like well, kill, it would that's be like, me. That's like killing a cow. It's it, literally the same. I would, it would be three people right. in the household that would go on the trip. So we then, would carry a lot of meat out between the three of us, right? I don't know. How in shape are you, Johnny? I feel like I carry 60 pounds of meat. 60 pounds of meat? No, probably like 30. <laughs> All right. Just do the do the breakdown, man. Like you're talking about, uh, can you? I can, can carry you, about 40, ex, 30, 40 extra leg, pounds for a couple miles. Could you carry a whole miles. leg of a cow? How much is that? A whole leg of a cow. Hundred like, pounds. Right, so Hundred pounds. Let's just say. All right. Let's just say it's a. Uh, let's say it's a. Uh, let's say it's a thousand pound animal. All right. So a two hundred and fifty pound leg. No, no, no. Because no, you got the whole center section. You got. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got guts and center mass. So that's about forty percent of your weight. So, right, yeah. so now you're down to about 600, 500 pounds. <laughs> all right. So we we'll even cut you short and say you're down to five hundred pounds. Right. So then you got another. Let's say eighty pounds. Of uh, center mass and neck weight, center yeah. and head weight. All right, mm-hmm. rib cage and sp- upper column. So the choice meat you're trying to get out of there, you're breaking down 400 and f- 400, 420 pounds into four sections or into two sections if you had a horse. Mm. So you're still you're gonna if you're doing man for man. If you're, doing leg for le- if you're doing leg for leg, if you're doing man for man, also you need four guys or somebody is pulling up and carrying two legs, whoever the mule is. Because even then, man, you're still looking at at least 100 pounds of meat, uh, over 100 pounds of meat, plus whatever else gear you backpack in there. Right. To get. It's not just that. It's whatever else you already had on you, plus an extra 120 pounds. So how, that's how people do it. You bring a pack animal in to carry, carry the bulk of it. Yeah, that's the then- best way to do it. Really, like a, a a good and really a mule or a donkey is the best because you're not one that you likes you. Quick, like either. one that likes you. <laughs> That's always good, though, right? Is that always they're, they're kind of... vicious? Yeah. Mules and donkeys are vicious. 
Especially if you're asking them to do a bunch of work. There was a guy in Colorado a couple years ago. Like, and if it was my friend, note before I tell the story, if it was my friend, I would have beat my friend's ass after this adventure happened. These two guys were backpacking together. I can't remember if they were on a hunting trip or if they were just like going in. Oh, stretch out. Um, if they were just on a trip, but uh. A couple days in, they didn't realize they were being stalked by a mountain lion. So one of the guys went out of campsite to go do something, and the guy in the campsite, uh, the mountain lion came down out of the tree line, hopped on him, started fucking him up in the campsite. The pack mule broke its lead that was tied to the tree, came over there, grabbed the mountain lion off of the man, his asshole friend, and you'll see why I call him an asshole, when he came back into the campsite from the hoop and horn, instead of helping or checking Shot on his meal? friend, he pulled his cell phone out and started taking pictures and video of the mule because the mule had the bobcat by a tail and was spinning in a 360 degrees raising and lowering its head, turning the bobcat into a Ferris wheel, raising it up high and slamming it into the ground. You gotta film that. The, the, yeah, but it's like... His friend was bleeding out while His he was friend filming. just got fucked up by a mountain lion. Wait, do you if have I, that video? If I'm bleeding and I look over and see you filming some shit like that going, notice... With a smile on your I'll, face like, I'm oh shit, yeah. punching you so hard later. Yeah. Like, that's I'll worth wait, it. I would I'll take wait until I know I'm safe and alive. But once I know I'm safe and alive, ooh, you're getting a stiff jab. I would take a <laughs> stiff jab, though, for that footage. Do you have that that you video? Can find you find it. It's on the web. There's literally like mule swinging mountain lion. And by that's your tail. buddy. No, it's not my buddy. No, oh, no, no, it's no. just a video you found. Yeah, I you knew these guys. no, I wish I knew those guys because <laughs> I would have told the guy like you should punch him in the dick. He's an asshole friend, but he captured some beautiful footage. Yeah, that was posted in like one of the, they they did a whole article of the guys in like one of the big like uh, outdoor magazines that I read a lot. Oh shit. Well, you know, if those guys with the camera stopped to help, we wouldn't have pictures of the Civil War. I so. want to be the dick and be like, you're a cunt person, but like, also, you supplied me with some beautiful imagery that I would have never even, I would have never believed it. I would have never believed it. I didn't believe it. I just I had, had to look it up on my phone, and these pictures, he's got it in his fucking tail in its mouth, and it's Dude, trying to I- curl up, <laughs> like doing a, an inverted sit-up. See, look at that shit. Try, trying to bite Dude, at the I'm horse, and when he gets the mule, Google, when he gets to the face, y'all just, Google mule spinning mountain lion by tail. I want mule swinging mountain, but yeah. Mule swinging mountain lion by tail. The images of this uh, guy's in the article should come up shortly after if you do some digging. But it was like it's right in there. It's the craziest. It's the craziest shit ever, dude. And that's why when I tell people, I'm like, if you're gonna take fuck a horse, I mean a horse is good, but like take a mule or a donkey, man, because they don't like things fucking with things that are taking care of them, and they are vicious. They're fearless. They are fearless freaking animals. Do you ever notice when you go by a cow pasture or a goat farm, there might be always a donkey or a mule in there? That's why. Yeah. Because any bobcats, they just stomp them out. They'd murder him. And that's why I just looked up the story. It said that it had stomped the cat a couple of times before it bit its tail. So it probably broke its fucking back and, the, and cracked its so, ribs up and ruptured some horns before vicious. it even picked it up. That's they're why I was so, able to swing it by the they're, tail. They're those hooves are crazy. There's so much weight behind that when they clomp down with that. You know how much muscle per square inch this fucking thing? Like pounds you know per a horse hoof? A horse hoof is actually it's their middle finger nail. 
because their hand is like that where the, all the fingers are curled up and it's just one digit that's stretched out is their what? actual leg and the hoof is the keratinous nail. So they literally are standing on their middle. My wife likes to say this. They're standing on their middle fingers. When they're running, they're going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Because they're running on their middle fingernails as they're going. <laughs> so when they punch down, they're doing like a crazy finger punch with all that weight behind it. <laughs> But yeah, their their whole hand is like tucked up in in the <laughs> horse leg. That's why when a horse breaks his leg, you just put it down because there's way too many bones in that and too much like it's force. A lot of fragile shit. And it, yeah, because it's a whole Horses hand basically evolved to also, run on his nail. If I have any advice, if you do not have a lot of money, do not What's get your a advice? fucking horse as a pet. Oh, they're so expensive, and you can't even eat them. Money pit. Do you know we're the only country that's illegal to sell horse meat? And and it sucks because this used to be a problem in the Northeast where we are from. Because we lived in an area that used to be kind of rural and became highly populated, so people who had horses who couldn't afford them anymore, you're not allowed to sell the meat. You, you're not allowed to bury them or burn them or do anything nope. with them to dispose them on your property. You have to pay for a veterinarian or somebody to come and, and kill it and process it. And the amount of ketamine oh, to also, kill a horse like, is... People that think they're like, oh, they process it. They take it to the crematorium. No. It goes to throw this it out. Huge, no, it goes to this huge facility, and that's where your low-grade dog food comes from. Well, yeah. But they plus other own other animals that die on farms and animals and that don't get passed for human and, meat quality. Yeah, and the it. ones that don't get passed for human meat quality are still dog. All quality. those, yep, all of those go to this huge factory. They throw them in a bin. They bleach all that meat, bowl it all off, and fucking grind it up. Yeah, but it's uh, it's gross. It, it, it's, it's shitty because terrible. the amount of drugs you need to kill a horse humanely is t- it's a lot. Thousands of dollars, and, and, and people can't afford that because that's why they're getting rid of the horse. You can't afford the feed. You can't afford the kill. So the people used to just let their horses loose. Like I'll just let it go. Like there's no markings on it. I don't. You know, you don't brand horses anymore or whatever. It's got a microchip or whatever. Like a dog, cut it out. Some just release don't. it in the fucking wild. And that's really shitty. That's a bad way to get rid of a yeah, living well, animal. I mean, we're we should one, have of, the, a we're one of the few states that still actually has like wild horses. Wild horses. Sorry, you said it. I know. <laughs> I just was want to hear that beautiful voice <laughs> bellow out. All right. Uh, I think. I think we did it. I think we did it. Where are we at right now? Let me look. Hell if I know, Johnny. I think we covered yeah, a lot. We We're about an hour and a half. This is about a pretty good episode, I think. Is there anything we didn't cover you wanted to get to before we wrap up? I was just here to bullshit and hang out with you, sir. I, um, I got all my family stuff done. And, yeah. Uh, I think this was good. I'd like to do this again before we move. I feel I like we didn't so. even cover everything. Yeah. So I don't. I also. I mean, just advocate. I mean, just the only thing I want to advocate on is just like, but I said, you support your local farmers. Okay, you don't. That's our you, message. You, you, you don't understand how hard. You you want to get an Excel spreadsheet, put in the time that you take plant ten tomato plants in your backyard, put how much time it takes for you to tend to those plants, take those plants, what, how many tomatoes you yield off of them, and figure all that out. Hours, you know, dollars per hour. Right. What you the cost for yeah. You. And then what that farmer is capable to deliver a tomato to your grocery store for. Right. Like, just support your local guys. Like, when you want to just do meat, just support your local guys. Same with the breweries. And if you have extra money, go out and find a local meat or veggie source to support. That's your message. I like it. It's a good message. Local breweries, local farmers. Support them all. I totally agree wholeheartedly. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. 
Thanks for coming on, Chase. Thank you, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> you too, babe. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Funk Tank Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to help us out, please consider leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, share it with people you think might like it. And if you really want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash thunktankpodcast. We have links to this in, in the episode description and other places. And for as little as $1 an episode, you can help us keep the lights on. And you also get access to a very special Drunk Tank uh, feed of episodes. So every few episodes, we'll have a few more beers and record an extra 20 to 30 minutes of extra thunky, silly uh, whateverness. So there's a separate RSS link you can get from there. And if you put that into a podcast player, you'll get your own separate feed of only the Drunk Tanks. I think we have about six or seven of them out already and more to come. Thanks for listening, and stay funky.